Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We've been endeavoring to experience more of the Holy Spirit in a series called Spirit Lead Me. Pastor Nicole has taken us on a deep dive to better understand how the Holy Spirit acts as a helper or an advocate that brings God's power into our lives. She shared on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and the difference between having a private prayer language with God and the public sharing of tongues and interpretation. Last week, Pastor Nicole talked about spiritual gifts, and we saw that while we have differing gifts from one another, they all come from the same source and are each important and needed. But we do need to remember to never treat our spiritual gifts as more important than the Holy Spirit himself. Today is the conclusion of our series, and Pastor Nicole will be focusing on spirit-led worship. We'll see that worship is intended to be an encounter with Jesus, but there are spiritual protocols regarding how we enter and participate in that encounter. So let's get started and conclude our series, Spirit Lead Me. Here's Pastor Nicole. You know, it wasn't that many years ago, men believed that the earth was the center of the universe. Did you know that? Uh, They believed that all of our planets were thought to orbit around the earth. Now, obviously, modern astronomy has shown this to be an error, Uh, But this historical view of the universe, I feel like, tells us a lot about the mentality of mankind, doesn't it? A man and and woman, I'm I'm not dogging on anybody here today, naturally wants to believe, or we naturally think about how everything revolves around himself. We are at the center of what is happening. And and to be really honest, if we don't pay really serious attention to that mindset that we can often get ourselves into, we can really slip into it without realizing it at all. I was thinking about it happens in our spiritual life too and the way that we view God's relationship with us. We often think um, that in the spiritual realm, uh, man is central, right? It's about me. It's about my relationship with God. It's about my life. It's about my reality. Why is God not answering my prayers? The things that are important to me. And we often spend time thinking and praying about what God can do for us and what God uh, isn't doing for us. (laughs) And we focus on or we talk about uh, maybe how we are affecting the supernatural or what we are doing. And listen, it's true at times God uses us, but... Let me remind you of this. The supernatural is not dependent upon the natural. Okay, God is the one doing. We're along for the ride. He's got the the plan, right? We just need the map. If we are experiencing the things that are happening in the supernatural, it's because God's already doing them, and he's saying, all right, come on in. I'll help you. You can help me out. But God is the one who is the center of this story, God is the one who is the center of this universe, and he is the one that uh, is is the center, should be the center of what we think about and how we um, give our spiritual lives in that way. So one of the things the Holy Spirit helps us do is change our perspective. Okay, the Holy Spirit takes a self-centered life, which is super easy to have and to live out, and move it to a God-centered life. Okay, so since I was 13 years old, I uh, needed help with my vision. And I, would, I couldn't see distance uh, very well. So from a young age, I put my contacts in every day in order to function throughout the day. I couldn't see the classroom board. I couldn't read signs. Eventually, I needed contacts to drive. And I really wore contacts from 
the age of 13 all the way until I turned this age that they told me everything would change and I didn't believe them, 40, okay? I just refused it. And in the last two years, I'm just a little bit over 40, I started realizing that I'd, I'd pull my phone out and I'd do this, you know? Like, what? What does this say? Or I would have my book and I'd have to, I'd have to start adjusting it, pulling it closer or far away. Okay, some of you get what I'm saying, right? Please. All right. And I'm trying to figure out what is going on. I've been fine with these same contacts for all of these years. Why is this blurry? I need perspective. And so I went to the eye doctor and uh, she said, Welp, uh, you have developed some vision impairment. Hallelujah. <laughs> and you're going to need some corrective bifocals. <laughs> I officially declared myself like over the hill when they handed me these. <laughs> I'm in the club. I need bifocals because I now cannot see very close together. And that was the day that I realized my vision needed help in the natural. And in that moment, the Lord reminded me, as she was handing me these glasses, that sometimes our vision needs help in the supernatural too. Our vision needs help in the supernatural too. And one of the primary ways that the Holy Spirit helps us uh, make sure our vision is right in the supernatural is worship. You see, worship adjusts our focus. Worship changes things from me-centered to God-centered. Worship puts the universe back in perspective. And that's why getting to corporate worship every single week is so important. You know why? Because it's not about whether it's good for you or you like the situation. That's you-centered. It's God-centered. Getting in this room with all these other people puts your spiritual glasses on and you say, wow, this is not all about me anymore. This is about what God is doing on a bigger scale, on a bigger level. He shows us what Jesus is doing in situations. You know, sometimes it's hard to see God in the everyday. But the Holy Spirit illuminates God's work so we can see it. In fact, something you can pray, I pray often, Holy Spirit, show me where you're working right now. You get into a, your workplace or, or a place, a, a family a party or situations, and maybe it doesn't feel so spiritual or so holy, and you could say, Holy Spirit, show me where you're working right now. Help me put on my supernatural glasses so I can see this perspective that is bigger than what I could see with my own natural eyes. You know, when you're bored spiritually or you're dry or you haven't felt anything in a long time, the Holy Spirit comes in and gives a new, fresh perspective on the goodness and the faithfulness of who God is. In fact, if you're, if you're bored, sometimes I think the Lord would say, you know, there's a lot of things that could be happening that wouldn't make you bored. So just thank God for that right now. Thank you, God, there is no crisis you're attending to. Thank you, God, there is no problem that you have. Thank you, God, that things feel good right now. When do we do that? Lord, show me in the supernatural what, where you are working, what things that you yourself are going ahead of me and, and cutting off the head of the enemy before we even knew it was coming, right? We need to see in the supernatural. And when this happens... Things can look really different from different angles. Mistakes can double as opportunities. Waiting can become transformative. 
a closed door, maybe that you really, really hoped would have opened, can be a catalyst for the right door to open, right? A heavenly perspective can make everything meaningful. It all matters. Everything matters when you put on your supernatural glasses because God is doing so much more than we can ever see. And worship helps us do that. So I want to encourage you today to ask the Holy Spirit, how do you view my life? How do you see my relationship? What is, what is the perspective I should be having? Help me put on this heavenly perspective, these heavenly glasses, and see where it is you're working, even in places that might feel dry or broken or not exactly how I would want them to be. It might look different in the supernatural than what you're seeing because the supernatural is not dependent on the, na- the natural. All right, so today I wanna preach from Psalm 100. And um, I asked Pastor Andy if he'd stay up here just to help me read the scripture today. Uh, so this psalm is, is really a literary, literary masterpiece. It does not contain a single concept that is not expressed elsewhere in the psalms. Okay, so it's really like a summative psalm. And the premise of this is that the Holy Spirit will, is willing to meet you anywhere, any place, and any time, but you need to come into his presence with a prepared heart. So basically, he's not the problem. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) If we aren't encountering the Holy Spirit, if we aren't encountering Jesus, if we're encountering the Lord, he's not the problem. We need to come with a spiritual prepared heart. And there's some protocols that we need to do to enter into worship. And Psalm 100 really shows us the pathway into the presence of God. So Pastor Andy, would you read for us, um, in, in fact, would you read the whole Psalm, which is five verses long, so that we can get a handle on it this morning. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So good. So the first thing we need to know when coming into the presence of God, according to Psalm 100, is shout for joy to the Lord. Shout for joy to the Lord. Uh, This is in Psalm 98.4. It's in Psalm 66.1. When God says it three times, do you think we should listen? Okay. He's getting his point across. And the original word in this scripture signifies to give a shout or a blast as on a trumpet Uh, such as loyal subjects would give when their king appears among them. Now, uh, we don't see royalty very often in our culture. We don't really respond in that way. Um, For us, this would be more like the shouting people do when they see a celebrity or an athlete. Imagine like your your like sports icon that you like if he just walked, he or she just walked through the door today, right? What would you do? Like, (gasps) one time I was on a, at Six Flags, I was like 20 years old, and there's all these kit, like people screaming at the top of their lungs on this roller, like in line for this roller coaster. And I'm like, what is going on? And all of a sudden, I look back, and the band In Sync, that used to be really cool, was getting on the roller coaster. And like my, I plug my ears because these girls are like, 
Like they didn't know what to do. Isn't that crazy? All for in sync. Imagine. We're out of sync. But too. this is what we do, right? We see someone, wow, that person is here. I don't even know what to do with myself. I can't contain myself. And Psalm 100 says, when we come to worship, our agenda should be to meet God. That's our agenda. You know, God's agenda is to meet with us. That's why he came. And so we shout for joy because the Lord himself is among us. Not a substitute, not like a good person he sends ahead. The Lord himself is among us. And we're so excited. And so exuberant, joyful praise is the opposite of apathetic, heartless mouthing of the words while you look up at the screen. How great is our God. Sing with me. You know, right? Like that's not shouting for joy to the Lord. On the contrary, it's this joyous praise that comes from the heart as you realize God is in the house. God, him, no substitute for him. And shouting joyfully to God, singing glory to his name, making his praise glorious does not mean simply uh, getting pumped up by the group enthusiasm. Okay, it does not mean, oh, this music has a catchy beat. It's the overflow of our hearts that were captivated by our Father. Yes, thank you, Jesus, for that. I didn't even tell him to do that, just so you know. The psalmist is not satisfied with our declaring God's praises moderately. He insists that we celebrate God's goodness in some measure proportionate to his excellence. Lord, all I got is a shout, but you, it's for you. I don't have much, but Lord, it's for you. Uh, Psalm 100 verse two, as Pastor Andy read, come before him with joyful songs. You know, this is important because our songs are not to create our gladness, mm, right. but to express it. Yes. Okay, our songs are not to create our gladness, but to express it. When we sing, I thank God because you picked me up and you turned me around, it's not because, oh, yeah, get me excited about that. It's because I know that to be true every other day of the week. And so today, I'm going to say, oh, I express that because you changed my name and you healed my heart and I'm so different than I used to be. You see, the songs we sing are not supposed to make us feel a certain way toward God. They're supposed to express how we already feel. So the job of Pastor Andy and this team is not to make you feel something. Do you hear me today? That's not their job. That's right. Their job is to give you a moment so that you can express what you already feel. Because the work of worship happens the other six days of the week before you come in here and corporately do it together. Jesus made a distinction between inner worship and outer worship. Uh, Pastor Andy, will you read that to us? It's from Matthew 15. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. So when we simply sing the songs, and they're just words to us, for Jesus, this worship amounts to zero. This is what vain means, zero. It's not worship. This is zero worship. It is zero if there is no heart dimension to it. So, so here's the truth of the scripture. You can sing as many songs as you want. 
You can go to as many church services as you want. And if you are never actually worshiping internally and your heart is not turned toward God, then it accounts to zero. All true worship is a matter of the heart. And the Holy Spirit helps us worship with our heart, not just outwardly, but inwardly as well. Okay, uh, read verse three one more time for me, Pastor Andy, as we walk through this psalm. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Okay, so we're shouting for joy. We're coming before God with joyful songs. Now the psalmist says, acknowledge God. Now in worship, we remind ourselves who God is and who we are. That's, that goes from the whole self-centered to the God-centered perspective. He's the creator. We are the created. He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. He's the supreme commander. We're his people. Acknowledging God is the intellectual side of our worship protocol. Now, let me talk about this a little bit because Pentecostals sometimes are like, I'm going to have all the feelings. I'm, all these feel- I'm feeling them, right? Like, we're having feelings. And feelings are good. But... Mentally, we have to acknowledge the God of the universe. Our worship is to have a firm foundation based on creator God. So when you are entering into worship, here's what I suggest that you do. Begin by thinking about and declaring the facts. What are the facts? God, you're in this place. Fact. God, you're my creator. I'm the created. Fact. God, you're in control of all things. God, you died on a cross in my place. You rose again in three days to defeat evil. Fact. Let me tell you the things we know about God. You love me. You want me to love you and obey you with my whole life. Fact. You see, we don't just worship God with our hearts, but we also have to worship God with our minds. And so when we are focused on God who deserves all the worship, it can take care of a lot of our fleshly troubles because it changes our minds. In fact, you can come into the presence of God and say, God, change my mind today. Change my mind. Take my criticisms and my complaints and change them into praises and thankfulness. Those come from my mind. You know, spiritual maturity doesn't get caught up on the vessel things come in. Maturity digs out the truth and receives it in their heart. And you have to do that with your mind. You have to do that with your mind. So when you come to worship, you come with your heart and you come with your mind. Spiritual maturity looks past the form and the function and goes straight to the purpose. And if there is truth to be found in a display of worship, a true worshiper will find it and receive it despite its form. Uh, I'm getting this from John 4. Pastor Andy, will you read this today? John 4, 23. Yet a time is coming and it has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Okay, so so here's how this plays out. You're never going to believe this. But some of you prefer it louder and some of you prefer it quieter. It's very true. Do you know anything about that, Pastor Andy? In fact... We probably get opinions about that every week, every single week, all right? And that's okay. Some of you prefer it quieter. Some of you prefer it louder. Some of you listen to the gathers. Pastor Don, are you going to woohoo over there for me, at least one? Yes. Some of you like Bethel worship. 
Some of you like Hillsong. Some of you like free worship. You don't even want any words. Don't give me any words. That puts me in a box, you know? Like, let me just say what's coming out of me. Some of you like to sing a chorus just once. Some of you like to beat that chorus till it's blue in the face and you just cannot say those words anymore. You're gonna fight my battles. What's that one? This is how I fight my battles 2,700 times, right? Like you just say it over and over. Listen, all of that is okay. Your preferences are all okay. It is okay you like it loud. It's okay you like it soft. It's okay you like the gathers. It's okay you like choruses all the time. But let me tell you what spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity shows up to worship. And if there is truth in the worship, they receive it as a seed of faith in their soul. And they can connect with God through any and all forms. So here's the deal. A true mark of spiritually mature worship is one who can receive the truth, the Holy Spirit, in any vessel it comes in. In any package it comes in. In a hymn, in a new song, in a loud song, in a quiet song, in a song that tells me what I want to sing a million times over or a song that I say at once. You know what's beautiful about that? Is it takes all the pressure off the, the worship team to entertain you. That's right. It takes all the performance out of the person who shares the truth with you, and it allows you to receive from God anywhere, any place, anytime, through anybody. Because as long as there is truth, a worshiper can worship. Come on now. As long as there is truth, a worshiper can worship. Psalm 100 verse 4 goes on to say this, uh, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Um, the gates this psalmist is referring to here, I have a picture, were part of the outer wall that surrounded the temple grounds. And everyone entered the temple complex through um, the gates. And in this diagram, uh, you can see the gate beautiful. Do you see that over there? And as we enter God's presence, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's what this psalm says. And here the psalmist wants us to remember to thank God for what he's done. So once through the gates, the worshiper enters the courts with praise. And here we extol God for who he is. And the courts here are shown as the court of priests, the court of Israel, the court of women. And, and with thanks and praise, you move from the outside to the inside. You move closer to the presence of God. Thanks and praise is your ticket through the gate into the courts. Listen, maybe this week you've thought to yourself, I just can't feel God. Like, I can't hear God. Maybe you've watched someone else worship and you're thinking, I wish I could hear God like that. I wish I could feel God like that, but I just can't express myself that way because I don't feel God. He doesn't seem to be talking to me. He's far away. He's distant. Psalm 100 gives you the ticket, the pathway to the presence of God. You know what it says? Give thanks. Thank him for things. Start with all the little things. Gratefulness will prepare your heart to worship. So when's the last time you just thank God for things? If you're sitting in the pew or you're sitting anywhere and you're like, I just can't really get into this worship, just start thanking God for things. Praise him, thank him. Give him praise for who he is. Tell him how good he is. He's faithful and kind and merciful and powerful and wonderful. And, and thank you, God, because there's nothing I, can, I can't, I run out of words when I think about you. Thank you for who you are. And the scripture says this moves us from the gate to the part of the temple that is the closest to Jesus. And that's the word picture of what it does for us. Thanks and praise moves us closer to the most intimate parts of who God is. And God is enthroned in our praises. 
Our praise creates the atmosphere for worship. So this is important. You can't depend on other people or the worship pastor or the worship team to create the atmosphere. That's actually not their job either. In fact, if you are not contributing by giving thanks and praise to God, then you aren't pulling your weight to create the atmosphere. Right. Because what the scripture says is the atmosphere of worship happens when we, all of us, give thanks and praise to God. And the reward is we all get to enjoy it. We all get to enjoy it when we all give thanks and praise to God. So your assignment, your homework, you can't even complain about worship if you didn't give your own thanks and praise to God because you didn't do your part. So that was kind of your fault. Yeah. It's the truth. Pastor Andy's, Pastor Andy's okay with this conversation right here. <laughs> and so we need to give our thanks and praise to God so that we corporately can move closer to the heart of Jesus. Okay, verse five. Pastor Andy, bring us home here. Uh, the psalm says this. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So the word for love here is a covenant love. God has made a contract or a covenant with us that he will never revoke or abandon. God is not fickle. God is not forgetful. He does not change his purpose. He never breaks his word. And so worship is our attempt with our feeble minds and hearts to grasp the greatness and the holiness and the wisdom and the goodness and the truthfulness of God. And so worship is not... Um, the, the shout or the singing or the, the thanksgiving out of our mouths, it is us actually saying this is the pathway to worship. And worship is an encounter with Jesus every single time. It's an experience or an encounter with the Lord who is good and faithful and loving toward us. Worship gives us a heavenly perspective. Every single time you have an opportunity to corporately worship, you also have an opportunity to have an encounter with Jesus. And like I said, no song selection, no style, no special effect, no musical excellence can stop an encounter with Jesus if your heart is ready. The Lord said to me this week, if you stay ready, Nicole, you don't have to get ready. And that's been what I've been holding in my heart all week about everything. If I stay ready, I don't even have to get ready. If I stay ready to worship, I don't even have to get ready. If I walk into the room ready, you don't even have to convince me and get me ready. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm ready to worship the God of the universe. And so living out Psalm 100 is so important to us. And, and, and it just gives us this ability to be ready. Um, and so all through the week, when we come into corporate worship, we can pray, Holy Spirit, you have my full attention and my full surrender. Holy Spirit, you have my full attention and my full surrender. You know, a lot of times in worship, it's hard to stay focused. I think um, the world around us just like creates this atmosphere for us where there's all these, these things that we're uh, trying to think about. There's, you know, things are popping up in our minds. In fact, an inability to concentrate or focus during worship can actually sometimes be an attack from the enemy of God. Because listen, if you can't keep your mind on what's being said, you won't gain anything from the word. And that's what the enemy wants. If you can't keep your mind on thanking and praising God, then you aren't giving, you aren't creating an atmosphere of worship. Does the enemy want that? No, he doesn't. So he's gonna try to get everybody distracted about something. 
And so when we come into the house of God, when we come to corporately worship, we can practically say, you know what, Holy Spirit, you have my full attention and my full surrender. When the grocery list pops up in your head and you're like, oh, I didn't add that to my Walmart order. You just be like, you know what, Holy Spirit, you have my full attention and my full surrender. When your to-do list is crowding your mind or you're frustrated with a coworker, or you see somebody in the room that you're like low-key mad at, I know that happens. Holy Spirit, you have my full attention. You have my full surrender. When you notice the worship singer saying the wrong words or the room's a little stuffy or when your favorite you know, sports team is playing and you're wondering what the score is, you know what you say? Holy Spirit, you have my full attention. You have my full surrender. Can we give God our full attention and our full surrender for one hour a week? Can we do that? And what can God do with our full attention and our full surrender if we start from there? What could God do with 500 people with their full attention and their full surrender? God deserves all of it. So that was the lecture, now let's do the lab. Would you stand? We're gonna worship together. We're gonna close the service in this way. We learned from Psalm 100, shout for joy, sing joyful songs, acknowledge God with your mind, give thanks and praise. God deserves all our attention and all our surrender. And it will take focus, but an effort, but an encounter with Jesus is why we came. Is that why you came today? That's why I came because I want an encounter with Jesus, the creator of the universe. And so if you want an encounter with Jesus, Psalm 100 teaches you how to get there. I wanna encourage you, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams to my right and to my left, and they, they wanna pray with you about anything you need, but especially if you need to make a decision to make Jesus first place in your life, now is the time. Today is the day. Give him your full attention and your full surrender. Come to the prayer tables. Just talk with them about giving your heart and your life to Jesus. Eerie first, God has called us to be worshipers. Let's rise to the call. Like, let's do this. Don't sit back and watch anymore. It's time. Like, now is the time. Let's run after him. Psalm 100 shows us how. We have all the tools we need. Let's give our full attention and our full surrender. And let's let the way maker through to do what only he can do. So let's just pray as we go into worship today. God, I trust you. Give us a spiritual perspective today. Lord, we leave everything behind us for these next few minutes. We give you our full attention. We give you our full surrender. God, we give you praise because of who you are. We come to you with our hearts and our minds and all of ourselves, Lord, and we just want you, God. We want you to come and do what only you can do. We want you to turn lives around. We want you to rescue us from the sin that we're stuck in. We want you to repair broken relationships, God. We want you to show us what is in the Holy of Holies. We want to be close to you, closer to you than we've ever been. And so God, we trust you for that this morning and we come to you with everything that we have. It's not a lot, but Lord, you can have our shout and you can have our cry and you can have our attention. And God, would you just do what only you can do? And it's in your name I pray, amen.
their faith in you, God, in Jesus' name.
one more time, just the voices. listening to the Eerie First Podcast. We'd love it if you give us a rating and a review on your podcast app, and please subscribe so you never miss a message. You can follow Eerie First on Facebook or Instagram, or visit eeriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.